Well, good morning, everyone. Do me a favor, just uh, move around a little bit, greet each other this morning. We're going to do things a little differently today. Take some time, say hi, welcome, glad you're here, and glad it's not below zero. Thanks, Corey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Kelly. <laughs> oh, good morning, y'all. You can be seated now. You know what? Ellen and I were out of town this week. I, I'm so sorry to report that where we were, it was uh, 83 degrees. I know. Some of, you, some of you cursed under your breath. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried about you, but, but the truth of the matter is we were uh, in a great place. She was at a conference working. And uh, when they go to these conferences, man, they work. I see her early in the morning and then I see her in the evening. But it's so much fun to go because sometimes they have these wonderful speakers. And I was telling Nate in the back, they had a couple this week uh, that were just really phenomenal. And one of them was a gentleman who was retiring. He had given leadership to this organization. I mean, remarkable leadership to this organization and he closed it out by just giving to them four or five things that he felt like every organization, every congregation should do. And one of those was, he said, you and I need to keep, and he called it this, the Chronicles of God. Now, we all know that there is an Old Testament book called Chronicles. And in it is a litany of the stories of how God has been faithful to his people. And this gentleman said, you know what, one of the things that we probably don't do well enough is we don't keep the Chronicles of God for ourselves. That we don't make mention of that. In fact, I, I'd like to share something with you. When we uh, use our prayer wall, I want to suggest that we begin to use it almost as a way to chronicle how God's been faithful. We have a praise area. And I would really ask that you would use that lavender color card when God answers a prayer. <laughs> Not just that we call out to Him, but that when God responds and answers those prayers, that we give praise to Him and we place those in there so we can keep them on file. Because with the lavender ones, we don't throw them away. We take them in and read them. And I was talking to Linda, and Linda said, yeah, why don't we just keep a file so you and I can go back. And we have a history of how God has been there and been faithful to us. And this morning is really a way, as we go through this service today, because it's going to be a little different, but it's really about chronicling what God has done in our lives. It's about telling our stories and realizing that they're really not our stories, but they're God's story that we are given to repeat. So this morning, honestly, I, I want to give some praise and thanksgiving for what brought us to this place. Some of you will remember that in January of 2018, we had just been told that we would be homeless as a church in one year. I mean, I, I, want, I want to share something with you. That was one of those striking moments for us. But I want to give to you kind of the cliff notes of how we worked through that and how God worked through that and to bring us. And I still, as I was writing, I was telling Joe this morning, even as I was writing it this week, I still, my, my eyes would swell up with tears to recognize what God has done for us in the past two years. It is a remarkable story. It is a miracle story. And so in response to that predicament, we created what was called a January team. Now, it was such a creative name. That's a real joke, by the way. It was such a creative name because we knew that in one year in January, we had to have a new place. So this was the deal. Hey, hey, folks, find us a place so we have some place to meet in a year. And I want you to know that's not as easy to do in Pendleton as you think it might be. To find a space that gives you that or the availability, uh, the proximity, all that stuff. But the, there were three people, Jeremy Boland, Larry Oliver, and John Drennan. And John and Faith have now moved to West Virginia so that he was no longer on the team. But these three, these three men, particularly Jeremy and Larry, I, I want to tell you, there wasn't hardly any week, there wasn't hardly any day that they weren't searching. They weren't trying to find a place. And one day, Jeremy was driving past a site that had been recommended that maybe they would offer us an opportunity to have some space on a Sunday morning that they would agree to help us because we didn't think they were too busy on those mornings. And it was uh, honestly a site that only we could have dreamed of, that they might have any availability at all for us. And Jeremy knew the guy because they used to be neighbors, so he made a phone call. 
And he said, hey, listen, we're just wondering if you would talk to us as a congregation. He told him the predicament. And immediately Clark said, you know what, I, I'd, I'd be glad to meet with you. And I feel like we can work something out. These, these people that own this place were strong believers. And right now, what you may not know, some of you may not know, you're sitting in that place. And it was a, a spot where we just felt like if, if something could open up on a Sunday morning just to give us some space, if they would just lease us that time, it would be like an incredible blessing. So when Jeremy and Larry make their initial visit to the place, they walk inside and Jeremy looks at it. He walks into this place. He looks at it and he turns to Clark. He said, man, your facility is beautiful. And Clark, is, he tells us, he said, as I, as all, I had always done, when somebody asked me this question, I had the same response. Well, you want to buy it? And usually they just laugh and go on. And Jeremy turned to him and said, yeah, we just might. And with that conversation led to multiple conversations that led to us ultimately being here this morning. It's really an amazing, amazing story. Now, what we didn't know was that about a thousand miles away on a beach, the other part of the ownership group of Blue Falls, they were praying. They had just had a conversation with their son about how they were going to transition here and the need to do that. It wasn't because business was bad. It was because kids were growing up and they needed some available time. And after our initial conversation, Clark calls his parents back and he said, you know what? I'm not so sure Catalyst may not be the answer to our prayers. And little did any of us know, any of us know, that God was up to something bigger than we could ever imagine. It was something that really happened, two things happened in the midst of this, and, and we have to be mindful of this. First, these people, the folks that owned this place, were generous and gracious people to us. I, I promise you when I say, they made it possible for us to be here. I mean, their generosity made it possible for us to be here. And they are faith-based people, man. They literally wanted a church to come into this place. And I don't think it was by happenstance that we made a phone call on the same day they were praying about it. And so it was at that moment. The second thing is, you and I have to understand something. There was no denying that God was at work in a great way in this whole process. I mean, I, I want you to understand something. There were moments in every meeting where you could literally feel the meeting shift. Something would be said, and God's Holy Spirit was so strong at work, you could feel the tone and the intent of the meeting lock into another place. And you were just overwhelmed because no one would say anything. We just knew, oh my goodness, we've just gone to a new place. And God was so strong there, He was so powerful there, that all we knew was that God was divinely in the midst of us, even in the middle of these meetings, and He was directing that conversation. And honestly, He was taking us to another point, another place, all along the journey. Well, we had that initial meeting. We left with the understanding that the owners would go. We knew there was some openness on their part, honestly, to say, hey, we could lease you. We might do a lease purchase, but we could lease you some space. We're willing to work with you however you need it so you can continue to meet. And in the second meeting, there were five of us there. There was Nate, there was Larry, there was Chad, there was Jeff, Janice, and myself, Chad Frank. And before that meeting, Chad just made a comment. He said, you know what? I'm not so certain that in our initial meeting, we didn't make a mistake by not telling them what our debt limit was. Because we had gone through as we tried to purchase the rock, we had to go through and find out what our debt limit was. We found out in that whole process how ill-prepared we were to make this move. And it helped us immensely. God used it to teach us some things. That we had a lot of legwork to do. That we had some things that we needed to put in place. So we did all those things. I mean, the moment that was over, we started working on those things to better prepare ourselves, better place ourselves in a position that if God wanted to do something, we would be ready to respond. And one of those was for us to work with a lending institution and to find out just what are the limits. But Chad, Chad just made that comment. And with that comment, we walked into the meeting. 
And I want to tell you, when, they, when we did, they made an offer to us that was more generous and more gracious than we could have ever imagined. Now, we knew what this thing had a praise for. And what they were even offering to us was a discount like you couldn't believe. And it was at that time that Nate kind of stepped forward and Nate said, you know what, we really appreciate that. Because we know what the appraisal is. But we want you to know something too, it's, it's still way, be, way beyond our means. And uh, when I say way beyond our means, <laughs> we were way beyond our means. And then Nate just, just stopped and he shared, we want you to know what our debt capacity is. And when he said it, the room fell silent. It especially got quiet on their end of the table. And I promise you, humanly thinking, we thought it was over. I mean, as they say down south, you can put the chairs in the wagon, Gladys, because the party's over. But do you know what? We misunderstood silence for the moment that God needed to shift their hearts and our perceptions. And I'll never forget that after a few of those unforgettable moments of just dead silence, the Father, who had been relatively quiet in this whole conversation, he looked up at us and he said, we would like to work this out with you. And I think there's some room to work. And we sat there, then we were quiet. And then we suggested, do you need some moments to think about this? And they said, yeah, they would appreciate that. So we got up, left the table in the hub. If any of you remember where we were meeting on 67, the house, that was the hub. And the five of us went out into the hub. And in those moments, we talked about what we hoped but we totally doubted the number they were going to come back with. And then we said, even with that, there's going to be a discrepancy a dis between what we can and what we can't. And I'll never forget, then the five of us joined hands in a circle and we asked the Lord if He would, if this was His will, His plan, that He would give us favor to those people. After several minutes, we went back in. We held our collective breaths. And to our great surprise, our incredible joy, they shared the exact number we had prayed for. And then Nate stepped up again, and we had called it the big ask. Because <laughs> we knew we were going to have to ask for something else. And Nate gave the big ask. He said, you know, that is wonderful, but there's still a difference of a quarter of a million dollars. We're not talking 5,000. We're talking a quarter of a million dollars. And we're wondering, we're just wondering if we, you would consider a personal note, if you would hold it for us for maybe three to five years. Before Nate finished his sentence, the owners looked at us and said that won't be an issue at all. In fact, we will hold the note debt-free for six to seven years as long as it takes for you to get it ready. Now at that moment, we got silent again <laughs> because we were just speechless. We wanted to jump up at that moment. This is the truth. We wanted to high five and yell and hug and all this stuff. But we said like we were cool and collected. It was a total lie. And I mean, I just want you to know. But what I want all of us to know today, at the end of that meeting, we shook hands on an agreement and the rest is history. The catalyst you and I must never forget. We must never forget. We must chronicle this. That our journey and the outcome 
was an absolute miracle of the Lord. Yeah, we need to celebrate. Just good stuff. And all of us need to be reminded of the story. But I want us to understand one more thing. This took place, we had already started an all-in campaign, which is part of what we're doing here is reminding us of that. We'd already started an all-in campaign. We were two weeks, think about this, we were two weeks away from the end of that campaign. And God does something incredible. I'm going to let Joe Davis come up and share with you about that campaign. Because he and that team gave leadership to it. But you know one of the things I loved about the Read Scripture app? It's been taking me back through the Bible. And I use my Bible as a journal. I write everything down. Of like when I think the Lord nudges me about a Scripture. Or when I think the Lord gives me a promise. Or when I think the Lord really rebukes me. And I'm, I'm reading through the other day of Psalm 37. And I have written, written in the scripture. This is the promise the Lord gave me for our first all-in campaign. Just trust in the Lord. And do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. And we had no idea this was the land he was talking about. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord and then trust Him. And God will help you. Joe, come and share with us, man. Good morning. Uh, honored and humbled to share this part of the story. And kind of like Rollin said, every time I get to talk about it and I think about it, I, I get emotional. I, I think about 2018 in a, in a couple of different ways as the most exciting but also nerve-wracking time in my life. I'm not, built at, I'm not built for real estate transactions. It's just not the way <laughs> I work. And so every week or two weeks as this was unfolding, as the campaign was unfolding, the, um, whatever, the human nature of tense and nervous, but then the covering of God. And so to talk through this miracle with you and what God's done through you and through his people is, is exciting. So I'm just going to share for a few minutes about the all-in campaign. There was a team of us that, that spent a lot of time in conversation and preparation and prayer hoping to uh, do our part, to inspire, to do kind of the facilitating of the work of raising the funds to help this be possible. And um, so today we're celebrating. We're halfway through that campaign. So this was May uh, or June of uh, 2018, and we're halfway through it, and we have a lot to celebrate. So I just want to share a few things with you. As we were meeting, and, and as Rollins said, we were meeting and planning and setting goals before we knew where we were going to be. We thought, unfortunately, we were going to have to acquire land and go through a building process, which was going to be an enormous, enormous step for a church who had been meeting for about eight years. We were around 125 to 150 people, and being portable, we had never been able to or really had to uh, secure significant funds before. So it just wasn't something we had, had been able to do. We were always fiscally responsible, but we had not been able to set aside a big nest egg for this kind of transaction. And as Rollin said, we got kind of late notice. We thought we were going to be at that church for a couple more years. So we set what we thought was a really ambitious goal, a set of goals that would allow us to acquire land and meet somewhere in the meantime and figure out what was next. So we set this goal of $250,000, you know, that, you know, for, for, again, the size of congregation we were, this was a stretch. Can we raise that in order to possibly uh, grab some land? Or a stretch goal of three hundred, or what we called the hallelujah goal of $350,000, which would, we thought, allow us to acquire land and do the building prints and things towards uh, what would be to come in a building process. Uh, so that's where we were until two weeks before what we called Giving Sunday or Commitment Sunday. And so at that point, they had the meeting and said, you know what, this Blue Falls thing might actually happen. So instead of needing this amount over three years, we actually need $200,000 in a few months. And over the, then the course of a few more years, we want to raise enough money to pay the, the mortgage and 
updates with that fund instead of drawing from ministry dollars. That's just something we're really committed to, not uh, to always being fiscally responsible, to not having more debt than uh, we're able to cover comfortably. And so this was the ask. And we pivoted and we said, church, can you bring this money up front? And it was an audacious ask. It was a God-sized ask. And um, next slide. People showed up. God showed up in an amazing way. So this pivot and asking for $200,000 as a down payment on this facility, we raised two hundred and ten within two weeks. People came with those dollars so that we could pay the down payment without needing to uh, borrow that or extend ourselves beyond. And beyond that, a three-year pledge of another $300,000 so that we can be in this place, we can make the renovations that are necessary, we can pay the parts of the mortgage and put money away towards uh, the note that Roland mentioned, a six-year note of $250,000 that we need to cover and eradicate uh, so that we can you know, see what else God has for us. So what did this place look like when we acquired it in January? Had anybody ever been in Blue Falls before uh, it was a church? Yeah, a lot of you had. So it was a beautiful event center, right? It wasn't a church, but it was a beautiful event center. This wall wasn't there. It stretched way back out into what's the kids' area now. The entryway was a hallway. If anybody was here on the first Sunday, we all kind of like walked in and walked out, right? And so, yeah, there's the hallway. It was a beautiful place, but there was a lot of work to be done in order to turn it into a church. And not only were people giving financially, but they were giving their time and talents and resources as well. Ryan Webster and his team, John Hayhurst and the team that were doing amazing work, and there's too many names to mention, but they rolled up their sleeves, they brought in the crews, and we have been able to do over $80,000 of renovations and covered every single dollar of it with the All In campaign. In addition, um, I think in the next slide it shows we have also put away $80,000 towards that $250,000 note, which is due in four years. So the hearts, the generosity of, again, a relatively small crew of people who were worshiping with us in early and mid-2018s have poured so generously, have allowed God-sized work to happen. And this, uh, Roland has said it, I know Nate's going to talk about it here in a minute, we want to chronicle the works of God because it's not about us. This is not so that we can come here Sunday morning and have a comfortable and a pretty place to work. This is for the people that aren't here. It's for the people who aren't here yet. It's for our kids and their friends that they're going to be bringing here. And so we just want to talk about, remind, celebrate, uh, and invite you further in to the work that God's doing and what he has for us next. So I'm going to let Nate kind of take it from there. I want to apologize in advance this morning. I'm a little under the weather. I think my kids bring home a different disease about every other week to try to infect my wife, and I'm, I'm sure many of you out there uh, can, can relate to that. But uh, good morning. I am extremely excited to share with you today. As I mentioned last week, God has filled me over the past couple of months with a tremendous amount of both faith, but also anticipation. Faith because we're able to look back. Uh, last week was amazing. It was more emotional than what I, what I had anticipated, looking back and celebrating, seeing that everything that God has done here over the last 10 years. And I wanna tell you this, church, I promise you, the miraculous ways that God has come through the favor of the hand of the Lord in the things that Roland and Joe just shared with you on, it, it literally is just the tip of the iceberg. It, it really is. It's amazing. The stories I could tell you would literally blow your mind. Um, and it's bolstered my faith in that arena. But I also want to tell you that I'm filled with a great degree of anticipation or what I would classify as hope about what God is getting ready to do next here at Catalyst and what he's going to use you to do next here at Catalyst. So I drew parallels with this with our leaders and staff last weekend at our leadership retreat. And I kind of said, hey, 
everything that, we, that, that God has done here is kind of similar to the Wright brothers at Kitty Hawk, all the work that they put in when they flew their first plane for 59 seconds, right? And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it was a miraculous, momentous occasion, man taking to the sky for the first time. And we celebrate the same thing here. But I promise you, God isn't just calling us to build 747s to fly the friendly skies, okay? Which actually aren't that friendly anymore if anyone's been on a plane recently. But I truly believe that God is calling us now to reach for the stars. He's calling us to reach to the heavens. And I'm going to tell you this, it's not, we're not going to be fueled by rocket fuel. But he is going to fuel us with the hope that comes from the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And that's where we will be fueled and that's where we're going. Rylan began his teaching on 1 Thessalonians a few weeks back with Paul's encouragement to that church plant. And I want to bring us back to that very first part of 1 Thessalonians again as it aligns precisely with our elders and our pastor's message to you here at Catalyst. It says, we always thank God for every one of you mentioning you all in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in Jesus. Faith, love, hope. Three crucial and key concepts that are continually echoed throughout Scripture. And they provide the backbone for the vision that we believe God is calling us to here at Catalyst. Now you'll see detailed on your handout, the handout that uh, everyone got uh, that was sitting on your seats this morning. I hope you've had a chance to, to glance through that. But you'll see detailed on that that the key components are that we want to connect other people to the love of Jesus. We want to cultivate spiritual growth through discipleship and teaching. And we want to commit to serving and loving others just like Jesus. We want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to this community and to our people through our time, through our gifts, and to our resources. So as we move forward with that mission and that vision, we believe that God has given us three key goals that will help us do just that. So now these goals are detailed. The, the, the front kind of gives you the, the, the overarching uh, vision and, and, and mission that we have. On the back, you'll see in the black section here, there's three different goals. And I want to walk through those here with you this morning. Goal one is that we want to raise funds to renovate and utilize the kitchen space that is presently leased out already under our roof that is literally right behind this wall here. Okay, if you go to the next slide, you can see the floor plans of our church. And amazingly enough, that space right behind this wall is over 3,000 additional square feet. It would increase the space that we have here at Catalyst to do ministry by almost 30%. And even though it would be nice to maybe have a small kitchen area for when we get together for, uh, from a food standpoint, I know our events uh, staff team would really appreciate that. Um, it would also probably be nice, our, our worship team has talked about how they kind of bump into each other every morning. Maybe we might expand this back a little bit. Maybe we'd throw an office or two back here. Those are small pieces. The question I want to ask you here is, anyone been in our kids' areas on a Sunday morning recently? Anyone volunteer in our kids' areas? If so, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> I always put a plug in here. If you feel called to volunteer and you're not currently, write that on your commitment card. We'll contact you this afternoon, I promise you. But we had over 60 teenagers in our youth area a couple Sundays back. We had over 40, 40 plus kids in our elementary space. God has blessed us in this way, church. He's blessed us, but it's also a calling. A calling that he has placed on our hearts to specifically, as Joe said, to pass on a legacy of faith to our children and youth. And we believe that this space will be crucial in that goal. Now, I want to I share my heart with you this morning, church. My heart is that this place here at Catalyst isn't about us. It's not about here and now. But that this place becomes a place of legacy. A place of legacy that our kids and our youth and our awesome kids and youth areas will one day raise their kids and their grandkids. Amazingly enough to think about my grandkids and my great-grandkids someday. I have had the immense and immeasurable joy, church, joy that I can't even begin to put into words. I've had the ability to baptize 
all three of my kids here at this place. And looking at even just 10 years, it's amazing to me that both of my older boys, who are now teenagers, will be in their mid-20s. Now that ages me. My back hurts just thinking about it, okay? But they and many others like them, if they are still here, I have no doubt in my mind that they will be intimately involved in ministry here at Catalyst and quite possibly even in leadership. And I want to thank you. I want to thank each and every one of you for pouring into them, for their church family, for raising them and coming alongside Stacy and I and teaching them the ways of the Lord and his word. And you have passed on a legacy of faith to them that will have both eternal and kingdom impact, not only here for Catalyst, but in reaching this community as well. And that's what we really see this space. Now, I'm going to move on to goal two, and it's not quite as exciting, right, if you think about it, but it's foundational and it's necessary for us to pass on a healthy church to our kids. In too many places I've seen, both in the professional world but also in the church world, organizations and churches take on too much debt and they literally become slaves to the debt itself. And we promise and we pledge, and your leadership here at Catalyst is fully committed to that debt will never take priority over ministry itself. We have a scriptural calling to model and be responsible stewards of the resources that God blesses us with and has blessed us with. So to that end, we are unbelievably fortunate that when we purchased this building, as Ronald and Joe shared, we were able to acquire a six-year interest-free note of $250,000. And it was unbelievable that I had even the, uh, the gall to ask for that, but then that God came through in that way. I will tell you, I have never been in a place or a part of a meeting where the Holy Spirit has been more prevalent. I walked out of there, and I remember saying to Ron, I'm not even sure I remember what I said. That's how amazing it was at that point in time. But due to your faithfulness in just over a year's time, we have already put away $80,000 towards this debt. And our goal, in order to take advantage of other ministry opportunities as they arise, specifically in terms of this space that we expect to acquire soon, is to pay off this debt as quickly as possible. And I'm going to make an ask here. Rollin uh, has told this story of a humble pig farmer selling his farm and uh, bringing the church a million-dollar donation. Any pig farmers out there? <laughs> um, probably not. But there may be individuals in our congregation right now who have been blessed financially by God who could help us erase this just like that, quickly. And so we trust God to speak to theirs and also to your hearts on this matter. Now, finally, we come to goal three. When God blessed us with this facility, amazingly enough, he, he doesn't just give us a nice gift. He, he generously bestows blessing on us in ways that we didn't even really understand. But this facility came with a bonus gift of 14 acres of land that it sits upon. As you can see from this slide, it's a large area of land. Our goal, again, is to use this land not for us, but to reach minister to, love, and impact this community. Playgrounds, ball fields, maybe an additional multi-purpose facility. These are put up here just to give you some sort of visual. But I want to go back to the blank slate and stress the last sentence on your handout. The possibilities really are endless. We're asking God for his vision. We're asking God for his vision, church, to effectively impact people and reach our community for Jesus. And we promise to do so. Maybe, actually, we develop and lease this land to another local nonprofit or ministry that currently exists that could use the land that God has blessed us with. Maybe we use it to reach underprivileged people in our community. Maybe we build a food bank or a shelter for us to do something along those lines. Maybe, maybe, maybe we even sell it and use the proceeds of this land to plant another church somewhere else. But I come back to the, the thing that is that the possibilities are endless, and we promise and we pledge to you that we will continue to look to God, to his vision, to effectively impact and reach the people of our community with the love of Jesus.
So, how do we as a church meet these three goals? That will not only help with the growing needs of Catalyst here and now, but will also expand those opportunities to share that love with Jesus. We're inviting all of our members to join with us in our All In campaign that Joe detailed a few minutes ago. On your seats are All In commitment cards that we would invite everyone who considers themselves a member of Catalyst to take and discuss as a family unit. I would ask you to pray over them. And I would ask you to fill out in two weeks from now on March 1st, it's our Commitment Sunday. We'd like you to turn those in. Now, if you have already been a part of our campaign and have already made a previous all-in pledge, all I want to say to you this morning is thank you. Thank you. I, I can't begin again to put into words how much your contributions, how much your sacrifices and sacrificial giving, how much your faithfulness and your generosity has meant to this church and to God's kingdom. So thank you. Thank you again. Your options that will help us immensely from a planning perspective, if you're already a part of the campaign, would be to either affirm your previous all-in pledge or to adjust that pledge. Perhaps you're in a different financial situation, or maybe God's blessed you financially and you're able to increase your pledge. As a reminder, these gifts that are a part of the all-in campaign that will assist with these goals that we're talking about, they're above your regular tithes and offerings. Those regular tithes and offerings uh, fund the ministries and the regular operations of our church. And if you started attending with us after the campaign, then we wanna invite you this morning. We wanna invite you to be all in with us here at Catalyst and to do so and make a new pledge over the next 18 months. Again, we invite all of our members to discuss and pray over and fill out a commitment card and turn it in on March 1st. Now, if you're an overachiever, you feel like God's speaking to you specifically this morning, feel free to fill it out and turn it in today uh, or ahead of time. If you're an online person, um, our website just went live this morning. We have a, an online form that you can fill out. You can go to catalystpendleton.org. There's a pop-up there. You can go to our giving page and you can fill out this form online as well. Now, I also wanna put a plug in to sign up for one of our talkback sessions where Catalyst leadership will be available to answer any of questions that you might have about what we've shared with you this morning or about being all in here at Catalyst and the vision that God has given us. These occur again um, next Sunday, February the 23rd, um, right after our second service at 12 noon, uh, a light lunch will be provided. Or on February the 25th, that's a Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m., we'll, uh, we'll provide dessert. Um, we would again invite you to sign up for those. You can do so online. There's also sign-up sheets over on the baptistry this morning that you can sign up. We would ask that you RSVP so that we can plan for food. But finally, what's really, really awesome is we get to conclude this unbelievable month with February 28th, Friday night. It's our night of worship and prayer where we just get to come and fall on our knees and thank God and again ask Him for what His vision is for this place as we conclude on our commitment Sunday of March 1st. Now, I want to conclude today with a reminder, a reminder that this isn't about us. This simply isn't about a bigger or shinier catalyst. This is about a legacy of faith for future generations. This is about being the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. And this is about living out the great commission that Jesus gave us to create and grow and make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite and also most challenging quotes comes from the great author and teacher Dallas Willard. He says, the greatest issue facing the world today with all of its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by profession or culture, those who identify as Christians, will instead become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ himself steadily learning from him how to live and to bring the life and love of the kingdom of heaven into every corner of human existence. And that's our goal. That's what we ask about being all in, is that we bring the life and love of Jesus Christ to every single individual who walks into our doors and to every individual that we encounter in our community. Will you pray with me this morning? Father God, we come humbly before you today. And Father, we lay down, we lay down all of our hopes, all of our wants. We lay down all of our, even our dreams, Father. And we instead, we instead ask that you fill us 
You fill us with your plans. You fill us with your hopes and your desires for us and for this place that we call Catalyst. Father, I ask that you constantly remind us of yours and Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians, that we would be joyful always, that we would pray continually, and that we would give thanks in all circumstances. Father, channel your Holy Spirit through us. Help us to hold on to all the good. Help us to avoid every kind of evil. And Father, that you, the God of peace, would make us blameless and holy, and that you would help others to see Jesus through us. We love you, Father, Abba, Daddy. And as we focus back on you and worship this morning, Father, we just simply thank you for the, your amazing grace. We thank you for your never-ending love. And Father, we pray all of this in the strong and mighty and powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, do me a favor. Let's celebrate the praise team. Just thank them for leading us today. And I'm going to... I'm going to ask uh, Jeff Janess and Jen Harris to come on up. I want to introduce, I'd like to, for you to hear from a couple of other people. Um, folks that don't normally come up front, and that's a healthy thing. Did you know that? It's a healthy thing for us to hear from each other. But I'd like for them to kind of share their hearts about where this place is. Jeff is one of our elders. Uh, Jen really gives direction to our outreach and our community service. And both of them bring a whole nother perspective to this place and what you've heard. And I just want them to be able to briefly share with you what that is and where their hearts are being moved as God is literally growing them in this place. They weren't here at the beginning of this. They were like so many of you. They came on board. And uh, it's just neat to hear their thoughts because they differ somewhat from everybody else. And we're just thankful that they're here. Do me a favor and let's just welcome them to the platform. We've heard so far of God's just manifest work in our midst, and I love being a part of that, and I love being up here with my small group buddy, Jen. How are you doing, Jen? I'm a little nervous, <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> to be honest. Jen and Brad are our hosts for our particular small group, which is just one of those ways that the Lord is manifesting himself through outreach in the Catalyst family and the, within the vision that has been cast. And uh, it's, it's amazing. This past week, we did something pretty big. We renamed our group. It's because of their good work. It has grown so much. We're now, uh, what do we call ourselves? Medium group. We're a medium group now. <laughs> so, no longer a small group. And uh, boy, what, what fun that is. We're growing together. Uh, boy, we're digging deep into the scriptures. We're studying pastor's sermons uh, between weeks and just... Uh, loving on each other and doing life together and it's it is special if you're not in a small group that's part of that vision that flows uh, from everything the lord's blessed us with and uh, you know one of the neat things that uh, i'm gonna I'm, i bring the old man perspective and this brings the young person perspective so i'll kind of tag team in that way but one of the things that i've just really been moved by is uh, being exposed to so many people and a lot of people younger than me who are on a journey and I feel like they're they've moved around me and by me and I'm trying to catch up it's wonderful it is just so good and Jen is one of those you know she has a real burden and has been put in a place of leadership for helping us to really uh, move into servanthood and impact our community and she does that so well but uh, I think something else is happening with you too that the Lord is putting some stuff on your heart that you're feeling uh, emboldened even you know you're a reserved person in a little bit in a way and a little nervous up here but I want you to share some of that that's on your heart it's just it's pretty special yeah. um, I can really relate to this um, catalyst story of how we came to the the place we are today um, I don't know if you can Can you hear me? Thumbs up. Okay. All right. So um, I personally can relate to the story of how we came to our building, how, where we are right now. Um, it's kind of a story of like you just didn't think it would ever become this. Um, when we, we, my family moved to Pendleton in the summer of 2017, um, and a few months later we found ourselves at Catalyst. We were invited here, and it was one of those things we did to be polite. 
We were not, we were not looking for a church. Um, so to come here two and a half years later, my husband serves on the worship team and I help lead our service outreach group. Um, we host small group. It's just um, not what I would have envisioned for our life, but we love it. Um, God definitely pushed us outside our comfort zone and we are benefiting from that. So um, Jeff was saying that I bring some youngness, but I told my son who's eight the other day that I'm so glad he gets to grow up going to church because it's not something I got to do. And he said, oh, they didn't have churches back then. <laughs> 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 um, but all, all of that to say, um, I didn't grow up going to church, um, you know, consistently. I mean, we didn't even really do the Easter Christmas holiday. Um, it was just not something that we did in our home. So um, the opportunity for growth, um, to get out of your comfort zone, to come to church every day or every Sunday to host a small group, join a small group. Just really want to encourage you guys to do that. Um, I think they asked me to come up here and talk about service originally, and I felt God pressing something different on my heart, but I would love to talk about service too. So if you ever want to track me down, we can chat on that for a while. Um, but a few weeks ago, we sang the Ocean Song. Um, if you're not familiar, just Google it. Put it on your playlist. It's a good one. Um, and the, the lyrics that stand out to me in that are, um, I will not sing it. <laughs> Spirit, lead me where my, heart, where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Um, a few weeks ago when we sang that song, I, I was really visioning um, Peter in the boat, right? Um, and Jesus calls him out into the water. And the leap of faith that that took for him to step out of the boat. And I think, I mean, God did that to me. That's why I'm standing on the stage right now. Um, and that's hard to do. It's hard for us as Christians to get up and out of our comfort zone, out of our safe space. Um, I told our small group a few weeks ago that I don't really love camping, but I will camp out in my comfort zone because I love that space so much. Um, but um, it's not what we're supposed to do as Christians. If we're, if we're comfortable and we're content, it means we're probably not doing enough. We're not, we're not reaching people for Christ. Um, and I just want to kind of challenge us. If, if, if your relationship with Jesus Christ has changed or impacted your life in any way, could you just raise your hand? Awesome, perfect. Now, if you know someone whose life could be changed or impacted by having a relationship with Jesus Christ, would you also raise your hand? Perfect. That's opportunity. <laughs> um, opportunity for us to share our story with other people, um, but it's going to require that we get up and out of our comfort zone. Um, I was thinking last evening about how good Sunday feels because it's comfortable. Um, People are smiling. There's a coffee bar. Worship is amazing. Rollin' sermons are my jam. Um, but we get fed and filled up on Sunday mornings, but we're not supposed to just keep that and tide us over till next Sunday. We're supposed to get fed and filled up on Sunday so that we can go out in the week and feed others and fill them up. So um, that's a little bit of what's on my heart right now. Jeff, do you want to share what's... Challenging you? Don't, don't you love that? I mean, that just, just isn't so inspiring. Um, you know, Debbie and I came to Catalyst, um, just, we're just two years in, really, a little over two years. And um, our situation was our kids grew up. We'd been to the same church where they were nurtured and raised. It was wonderful. Uh, we weren't running away from anything at all. We downsized after the kids moved out. I lost my mowing crew and everything, so we had to kind of contract <laughs> and, and uh, move to a smaller spot over uh, between here in Noblesville. And that, um, then it became too far to drive. It was just, that was the simple thing that was going on in our lives. And we began to pray and think about where do we go? And um, visited here, and you know, part of that was we knew some folk and saw some things that were just so exciting. And, and I've known Pastor Rollin and Ellen since school days. And so that was very, compelling, but I didn't want to do it just for that reason, you know, but we were moved that um, this is the place we needed to be. We saw some things happening here in people's lives in transition and moving in some directions, and we wanted to 
hitch our cart to that horse. That's probably a Mississippi phrase, and hitch our cart to that horse and, and go. And it, it was. It sounds kind of southern. It sounds, yeah. So, and uh, uh, we just have been so Debbie and I've been so overwhelmed by um, the people and the trajectory of Catalyst and what we're seeing happen. I think it's, we've only just begun. We heard the miracles of how we got here, how we got to this building. It's just. It's beyond anything that I had experienced up till then, and to see the way the Lord's moving, and, uh, and you know, just our leadership, I'm so thrilled with uh, the type of people that we have in leadership who love the Lord with their heart, soul, and minds, and our pastor's one of those. Um, we've been friends a long time. I, I'll tell you, you all know this is, guys, the real deal. Our, our pastor's the real deal. Uh, he's not perfect. Uh, I spend time with him, and a few years ago, <laughs> I saw him put, uh, he had a steak in front of a beautiful steak and covered it, drenched it in ketchup. <laughs> Who does that? So it happened again on Valentine's Day. We were, Ellen and I were working and we had our spouses with us, of course, and we were sitting around and we were eating and there's some really good, a good steak there. And he asked the place, this, he asked the place, hey, you have ketchup? And they said, I don't think so. We don't carry ketchup here. And they went in the back and found some, though, and he did it again. He stretched it. So the man is not perfect, but he's pretty, he's pretty close. The Lord's really working through our pastor and through our leadership in wonderful ways. And uh, we just every day count our blessings with what the Lord's doing and the vision that is unfolding. And I know you all feel the uh, same way, don't we? Aren't we blessed? I mean, we're just blessed to be here right now at this place in time. So. Thanks for hearing us out. Jen, thank you for sharing your heart. Love that. And Pastor, thank you. I just want to, let's, let's sum this up and let's close it. Paul not only prayed that God would make a way, that he understood that there was going to take something more, that we were going to give, we were going to give our future, that we we're going to say, hey God, this is the deal, that what we dream is just our dreams, but what we believe is that this is going to depend on you doing what only you can do to make it happen. Correct? Because it's bigger than us. But the second thing he does in verse 12, he says, and may the Lord make your love increase and may he make your love overflow. You see, we talked a couple of weeks ago now, maybe the most important thing that ever happens in this place, and please hear me say this, is that the selfless love of Jesus Christ would become the dominant trait that defines our congregation. That the way we care and love for others, we said, what if we became that church that people said, oh, that's the church that's really good at kindness and love and grace. You see, selfless love moves us to another place. Selfless love gets us to a place that we're willing to give up so another person can have. That the intent of this place is not us. But it is about who we have the opportunity to touch and reach in the name of Christ. You see, Paul says, make it increase and overflow. That word literally means, he says, let our love become like a river that is so full, so overflowing that the banks cannot contain it. And I want you to know something, that will only be done, that will only be done by God's Spirit working in us and through us and multiplying our hearts and growing our hearts in a way that we're going to overflow in a way that our overflow can touch other people with that overflow. And that's our hope. Please hear me say something. We're here today not just to talk about numbers and screens of buildings. Because I can promise you those will never change another person's life for the kingdom. But if you and I will overflow with His love. If we will overflow with His love. You and I will get to witness things in this place that far exceed us. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm really, and Nate and I have talked about this a lot. I'm not worried about the numbers because I, I promise you this, I trust you. I trust you to be the church. I trust that if you attend this place, we understand it's our responsibility to support the church. We don't eat dinner at one restaurant and pay at another, right? See, I trust us 
that we will prayerfully ask, God, what do you need us to get? Because this is our building. This is not somebody else's. We help pay for that. And like Nate said, this is, this is above our normal tithe. And friends, I promise you, everybody in leadership has done this. And I trust you to do that. I, I trust you to respond and pray about this and ask God what He needs you to give. I, I trust that you'll be obedient to whatever He says to you. But what we have to trust the Lord for is that He would grow our hearts so much. That He would grow our love so much. That we are going to touch other people. We're going to build relationships with other people. We are going to engage our community in a way that the love of Christ will grow the kingdom here. Please hear me, friends. We're not trying to grow a kingdom. We already have God's kingdom. We're just trying to expand His kingdom, not ours. We don't care one thing about that. Great story you told about Constantine. Constantine the Great. One emperor in Rome in 300 AD. Now I said one because there were multiple factions happening in the life of Rome. And in that, there were several emperors trying to gain a foothold to become the emperor. And in the battle preceding this, there was a battle of the bridge, if you will, that was going to be the difference maker in how this whole uh, effort would turn. And it was the Milvian Bridge. And it was the bridge that really led into Rome. And, and there was another emperor standing in the way. And nobody, nobody believed Constantine would win this battle. I'm not even sure he did. <laughs> They had destroyed the bridge in a certain way that would provide such a benefit to the person in Rome that those coming into it would have to go up into them, into their stronghold. And the night before this, on October the 27th, Constantine had a vision. And in this dream that he had, the sun stood before him. And this was, this was the symbol of Rome and the symbol of Constantine. That is until suddenly the cross comes and overlays the sun. And underneath that was a Latin script that literally says, In this you will conquer. Constantine leaves that place the next morning, has all of his soldiers, every one of them, draw the cross on their shields. And have you ever heard, you ever heard the phrase, Christian soldiers? Constantine told them, you will now march into Rome as Christian soldiers. And it was said that after he won that battle, this is the phrase that we use of Constantine. He was the emperor that changed the world. It's not true. Because Jesus changed Constantine before Constantine ever changed the world. Now that, friend, is our goal. That is what drives everything else is that we believe that as Christ changes us, redeems us, restores us, forgives us, we believe that there is a love given to us that will help us grow in that love. As we mature in our faith, as we grow in our faith, that it will mature in us such a way that we will share that love with other people. And in doing so, we will help change the world around this community. We will do our part. We believe I told the first service, listen, if we could inscribe anything on the t-shirts we have, I wish it would just be this, change the world. Wherever you are, wherever God places you, however God blesses you, use Him to help change the world for His sake. And that's our goal. That's our goal. That however God chooses to bless this, use this, this incredible place that he's given us, we would have one goal in mind. Jesus, I promise you this. Jesus, I promise you this. In your name, we will help change this little part of the world. Let's stand. Let's celebrate today. Let's just close today with thankfulness, with thanksgiving. 
let's close the day with a sense of just saying, God, how do you need me? How do you want to use us? What are you calling us to do and be about in this? And then we will trust you to do that. I'm going to close with prayer now. And then after the song today, we will just, I'll allow just Carrie to dismiss us. But let's pray. Can we do that right now? Father, we, we pause this moment. And this is what we do first. We, we sit quietly and we ask this question. Lord Jesus, have you changed my life? How have you redeemed us and forgiven us? What things in our past that we need to trust you to make a way to deliver us from? In what ways in the future do we need to trust you to increase and overflow your love in our lives? And Lord Jesus, how how do you need to use this church to better change this area of our world for your kingdom's sake? And God, that is our greatest prayer. Amen and amen.